Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ravenda with MZN Indie Radio. We're bringing you uh, a different type of artist work uh, tonight with our guest, Amir Baradaran. He is a New York-based artist born in Tehran and raised in Montreal. Uh, let me give you a little bit of information on him while we wait for our guest to call in. His breakthrough 2007 work, The Poetic Quarrel, was inspired by his lifelong interest in mysticism fostered by his grandfather's and his mother's poetry. His most recent work, The Other Artist, is present, performed March 12, 2010 at Museum of Modern Art in New York. It pays homage, questions, and untimely departs from the work of Balkan artist Marina Abramovic a pioneer in the field of performance art. As a public speaker, Maradaran has addressed issues of authority and authorship and is known for examining the cross-section of race, sexuality, and theory. His academic work has been very well received by the media in Canada as well as Iranian diaspora. He will give us more information on what he does, and we're going to actually bring him in on the line after we play one of our songs from our Brazilian artist, Eva, just to set the mood for our show. Believe what we do 
And that was Eva Eva, and you can see all the information on her and our other independent artists uh, from all over the world at www.wmznindradio.ning.com. And, of course, you can always come to Blog Talk to download the show after we're done recording so that you can listen to that again if you like, or you could just um, Google Eva Eva and get her information to purchase her music. Um, I believe we have our guest on the line at area code 646, and let me go and check if he's in now. Amir, is that you with us on the line? Yes, I am. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing very well, and I'm excited to have you here with us today. Well, and uh, uh, what Wonderful. And uh, are you based out of uh, Montreal now, or are you in New York now? I'm actually based in New York currently. Okay. So th- would you like to uh, share with us the background on your type of uh, performance art, for those of us who are not that familiar with it? Um, well, Particularly, what was interesting about this piece is, is that, um, first of all, it's, it's a retrospective of this icon of performance art, Marina Abramovic, and, um, you know, uh, who has played an, a very influential role for, for many, many, um, for at least two generations. And, uh, and I'm one of uh, perhaps uh, the second generation or third generation of artists who have had the occasion of being... Um, following her and also um, uh, adoring her for what she does. So. Wonderful. So uh, how long ago was it that you gained an interest in doing this type of art? Um, performance art per se has always been something that I've been intrigued by. Um, perhaps the most important one that I performed was the very recent one, um, the one that... Uh, in which we, um, you know, in a guerrilla style, we kind of hopped into the um, MoMA Museum, the, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and, uh, and we performed what we did. But for me, um, I have been mostly of a painter, um, and uh, for me, to what has been really interesting for me is to um, explore um, the body also as a canvas. So I'm very much interested in action painting, and, and for that matter, I think... Uh, what better way than using one's own body as as the very medium and one's own actions and turn them into art in a way which body art is all about. 
Wow. Now, is this something you've done all over the country, um, or is it in a limited uh, access? Because um, I know that we do have people who do performance art in Philadelphia at our museum um, and some of our other um, venues, uh, but I don't hear a lot about it. Is, it, is this a, a huge market for it, you know, in other places in the country? Uh, well, to be honest, I think um, uh, performance art has always been the underdog of, of different types of arts. Um, if you look at um, Marina's uh, own um, path and some other uh, performance artists from the 50s and, and so on, it has always been one that um, uh, somehow um, blurred the, 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 the boundary between what is art and what's not, you know. Um, and, and she has been amazing uh, in terms of um, becoming an icon and, 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 and arguing that what you do with your body is part of the very action of making art as well. So, so to answer your question, no, it, it, uh, unfortunately, compared to other art forms, it's one that, um, that has had very little um, interest for, 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 for a lot of these institutions. So for MoMA to, to take on um, you know, this retrospective on her uh, is, is basically not only paying tribute to her, but also paying tribute to very form of body, uh, form of performance, form of art that she produces as well, which is body art or performance art. And uh, j just to add on that, I think one main reason for that is, is that it's very difficult to, to market uh, performance art. How do you sell that? On, and, and we know, you know, um, a lot of these institutions, including museums, but also galleries and, and whoever is a gatekeeper in a way of, 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 of uh, what art is about, um, they, they want to, to be able to showcase it, but also to be able to make money with it. So it's very difficult for, for performance art um, artists to, to sell that because it's very ephemeral. It happens and that's it. And many people have, have argued for the longest time that you cannot even do repeats of performance art. And, and you know, I think even Marina, um, a couple of uh, decades ago, actually about 10 years ago, she also addressed that very question of redoing performance art and so on. So, Well, it would seem to me like um, uh, it would probably be most accepted in other more diverse cultures like uh, in Europe and uh, places like that where people focus more on the whole idea of art and the, the various diversions that art can take in any form, not just regular dance or music. Um, do you have a lot of fans or, or you know, followers from the European status that, that enjoy your work? Well, you know what's interesting is that um, after I've put, um, you know, some of the the way we documented my performance, um, uh, what we have realized is that uh, there, there's this really interesting number of people in in in, um, in India and in South Asian countries that, and also Europe, that have taken great interest in that. So um, it is true that it, it may differ from culture to culture, the take we have on that. But I don't want to fall into that kind of generic or generalization of, of cultures and, and trying to, to perhaps stay away from that kind of, you know, <laughs> classification in a way. But, but it is true. I think each um, uh, 
perhaps each each country has had its own legacy of culturing various types of art forms, and uh, and there the, the might be a cultural uh, correlation between that. Okay. Now, um, is there other types of art that you that you uh, involve yourself in? Um, well, I, I'm a painter. Of, you know, first of all, um, uh, well, what as I said, what I enjoy the most is get my hands dirty, and, and I usually paint with my feet and, and hands all the way down on the floor. So that's the kind of work I do. So it, what, what I did here was was slightly different than my usual artwork. So can you kind of give us a description of your uh, performance? Um, just you know what what your story is and what the messages you're trying to relate in that story during your performance. Sure. Um, well, when I first saw her at her um, very night of opening, I you know for me it was an incredible moment to have um, to be able to sit at such close proximity of her and um, and uh, immediately you know. The, the whole concept came along and, and, you know, I fostered in my head and tried to put together a team of friends and artists who, you know, uh, wanted to embark on this, you know, venture. But ideally what I wanted to do is to, to do something that um, spoke to her on a, on a seven days basis. And then uh, we soon realized that um, the, uh, the museum wasn't allowing anyone to take pictures or, or um, to appear more than once, and it was going to create um, problems. So we kind of had to go with plan B, and then in the middle of all of that, we had to cut it to plan C. So, But, but I'm still very happy to have been able to um, put together uh, at the four acts, which um, concludes the, 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 the overall interaction that I had with her. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, now, are there any other artists uh, similar to uh, to her that you also admire and that you follow? Well, I, I personally am I'm, I'm very much um, uh, interested in uh, abstract uh, expressionism. So for me, it's a lot of people from the 1950s and 60s that, that catch my attention and and she is definitely one of those artists as well who 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 has been a on on my list for for she braved and bravely uh, crossed many boundaries and transgressed many boundaries and and she fought very um uh heroically in a way to to present performance art um uh within and to bring it within the boundaries of institutionalized art and um and in that sense, what she has done for for her to be able to have a two months and a half retrospective of her work is, is at MoMA is just phenomenal for for art's sake, uh, let alone for herself. So, wow. Um, do you plan on um, moving your performance to uh, other places like um, California um, or other locations within the United States? Well, I've been approached by um, various um, uh, institutions um, uh, or, or interest groups who who would like to follow on that. Um, what I and I have 
uh, like plenty of things on my on my plate right now that I want to get into. I guess my next step is to to pick and choose and then and then push forward with 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 a clear direction. But to be honest, I just finished this one and and I will, uh, and I'm still um I'm still trying to find um uh the exact directions I want to take. But uh but whatever it will be, uh, for sure it's going to have um um uh, a lot to do with um with uh, embracing multiple technologies and media and definitely continuing um, the tradition of exploring the boundaries of what art can be. And, and that's my, my ultimate, uh, perhaps, uh, main uh, concept in a way that, that I, I love to explore. Now, had you ever thought about including um – well, actually, I should ask you, do you include music in your performance, or have you ever thought of of doing so? Well, I'm really glad that you're asking this, because, um, you know, I did it in four acts, and act one for me, um, uh, like all the other acts, what was really important for me at the very beginning was to pay homage to what she has done. And she has been very, very playful at the same time as being serious. So she has these contradictions within her where she shifts, you know, in a whiplash way um, from, from one mode of representation to another. Uh, for those who are familiar with her work, um, the act number one pays direct tribute to that kind of um, representation in which um, uh, she, to, to give you an example, she thought there's a piece, she has done a fabulous piece that's, um, about how we kill rats in Balkans. And, um, and uh, she goes on in this very stoic, clinical way. She's dressed in, um, uh, how do you say, uh, um, white um, nurse-like coat. And then she talks about the way they kill, we kill rats in Balkans. And, and once she finishes this long story, um, she immediately puts the glasses in her coat and then takes off the coat and underneath she has this very, very um, beautiful little dress and she pulls a little um, red scarf and she starts dancing and the music kicks in at that time and it's a joyful uh, folklore um, uh, Balkan music. So in that sense, what I wanted to do with my first act was also to pay tribute to that in which I, I also uh, started by... Um, uh, presenting a um, the 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 uh, a cultural narrative uh, in which um, I'm asking for approval to uh, be wedded to this body of work, and then as I go through the cultural narrative, and I will tell you exactly what it was, which is a funny thing as well. Um, at the end, when, once I see she's not answering, I pause, I retrieve, and then the same way she she did it, I it, it turns into. Uh, a very joyful moment in which I start dancing, and, and there's this Persian music from 1950s also, uh, from a woman who, um, who in the 1950s transgressed a lot of gender boundaries as well. Her name is Parirash. She's, you know, in, in the archives, and no one probably knows about her. But for me, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it was an interesting correlation that I tried to uh, create there. And, uh, and yes, so in that matter, I, I, I love utilizing music. And and whatever I do, in a way, it does incorporate music um, in it. Yeah, I would, I would like to see something like that. I love when you use music for, you know, different types of art. And I, I even like to watch people paint 
to music and and anything that involves and I like world music so it's not necessarily like your everyday music but I like music that uses um the 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 skills of a person who is very familiar with certain instruments that you don't really see all the time and especially uh cultural music I love that too so I would probably um really be interested in seeing that I also um, understand that you are a public speaker. Yes. That's a, that's something that's, uh, that's always made me a little bit afraid. I, I don't know why, but I'm pretty shy in front of, like, a lot of people if I have to say anything. How long have you been a public speaker? Well, you see, my story started um, back in, in the time when I was in my early 20s. Um, I... I, I I participated in in various uh, movements within uh, the Canadian and uh, the national um, uh, provincial uh, organizations for student movement I started and then it was anti-war movements and and it turned into also um, a lot of um, gay um, uh, gay rights movements as well that I kind of tapped into and 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 it was through these very activist kind of um, modes um, that I, I, I got interested in academia, and then academia provided this perfect um, platform in which I was able to, under the um, you know great um, supervision of, of many great uh, scholars, to to foster these thoughts in a much more critical way, and and platforms were given to to be able to. Um, to share those ideas with with the public in academic and non-academic forms, so that's how everything wow. started. But um, it, it was a long and uh, and very very beautiful process for me as a learning experience as well. Wow! Now, can you share with me um, an experience during any of your um, public speaking um, sessions? Um, you know, just give me an idea of the reception that you received from your audience, you know, and, and uh, what that felt for you. Well, uh, uh, I think the moment we talk about public issues and, and social and social, sociocultural issues, um, I think one could immediately um, acknowledge that um, there are differences of um, points of views that are or are not present within the platforms, uh, public platforms. So um, for me, a lot of the ideas that I always presented kind of um, uh, were were the the main things I I quite talked about uh, a lot was the cross-section of um, identities uh, and kind of Fusing all these notions of gender, sexuality, and also race uh, issues, all within each other, and and one can only imagine how um, well received, but also um, critically received that could have been. So, uh, I, I had many instances in which, um, you know, that I, my ideas were torn apart, you know, <laughs> and and but but at the same time, it was in those very ideas that I got to. Um, find um, fine tune my ideas in a way, and and also find great friends who 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 later became um, very influential in in what I do now. So, wow, 
Well, we're going to take a short break, and we like to um, continue to promote the music artists that we often have on our show um, that we want to help the world to get to know. So whenever we have a guest, we in- introduce uh, either a new artist or someone we've been playing for quite some time. I'm mostly trying to play a lot of music from my friend Eva Eva, who is really brilliant. And uh, we'll be back um, after Eva Eva will play a few of our commercials to support our sponsors' uh, uh, you know involvement with us. So we'll also be back with Amir. And ladies and gentlemen, it's Eva Eva.
this is Kai Simone from London, UK, and you're tuned into Miss Indie Radio. What are you searching for? Are you searching for souls? Look above the clouds. Look beyond your mind, beyond your soul. Search for that place. Feed. Feed on the food of soul. You know your mind. Find your soul. Fly with the soul. Pirate movement. Movement made by the one that lives within us. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. We're here with Amira Baradaran, and we're discussing um, his incredible performance art. And uh, what I, I understand is that you also involve a bit of chanting, and uh, you go into a trance also when you're performing. Uh, how do you put yourself into that state of mind? Well, uh, for, for me, moments of trance happen um, can happen in various forms. Um, obviously, um, uh, Marina is, is um, has been trained and, and has been very much interested in Tibetan Buddhism, which um, utilizes a lot of silence as a mode of um, uh, transcending the, the 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 body in a way. Um, uh, I, I come from, I, I mean, a high fancied culture, right? I'm, I'm Iranian, Canadian, and now living in the U.S. Um, <laughs> with uh, with a you know Muslim background and also a very strong uh, Sufi um, kind of inclination um, for for it is part of the very culture that I've been embedded in when I when I was born. Um, the kind of um, uh, poetry that has always been uh, very much uh, profoundly uh, uh, um, uh, part of the Iranian life has uh, has a lot of Sufi intonation to it, and and w- within that kind of line of thought, a lot of um, uh, that trance moment happens through chanting and um, and singing and and also dancing. Uh, you know those uh, turning, whirling um, dervishes. If you're familiar with, with those long white robes um, that you see a lot in Turkey as well. Um, you know that's the part of that, that's the kind of um, uh, trance uh, modes of getting into trance that's practiced. And for me, as, since it has always been part of my life, I mean, not not as a professional, but but definitely as a as a in a personal way, I've always embodied that. Um, through these chanting. Now, um, uh, I, I basically, um, it's usually a mantra that's being said that's repeated and repeated to the moment that you, you uh, become more aware of the very present that you're living and, and you let loose and, and that's how you, you go through that moment of trance. Um, what I wanted to also mention is that that mantra that I used um, 
lends itself very much to this tribute that I'm paying, but also um, departs from it, so challenges that uh, Marina's body of work as well. The mantra I used uh, it says, wa uh, um, uh, Of course, in my playful way, I, I chose to use um, to chant in Arabic, which is not my mother tongue, and that's not a language that I'm very, very proficient in. But I wanted to blur further boundaries, you know, to, to you know, who, who is this guy who has black hair? Is he Arab? Is he Iranian? Is he Turkish? Where is he from, in a way, right? Um, <laughs> but so, so what I use basically is, uh, it says, um, he is beautiful and he loves beauty. And in, in that particular incident, um, it's referred to God's beauty and, uh, and the fact that he is beautiful and he loves beauty. And that's one of the mantras that sometimes is used uh, in different occasions. Um, but uh, as I went through that and, and I did that, the, the other thing which is quite interesting is that uh, Marina herself, she had a piece in which she would um, endlessly brush her hair um, that's a, a piece she called um, Artist is Beautiful. Art is beautiful and artist must be beautiful. And so she goes on in this very um, um, hysteric way, if you want, you know, very corporeal experience of brushing the hair, brushing the hair, and she keeps repeating and repeating. And I think she also gets into a moment of uh, trance in that moment. That's a very old piece. Um, so as I said, this was uh, my way of doing it and... and and uh, and uh, I, I think that was the moment I, uh, I I kind of lost myself a little bit, and I think um, I lost a little bit of the performance act, and I started crying too. So um, I didn't so want it to happen, but it did. So <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like it drains a lot of uh, a lot of of your emotions out of you when you when you do performance art? Well, I think that's that's definitely um, a big part of performance art and, and um, endurance, um, pushing the body's limits um, through uh, physical but also um, metaphysical, um, you know, practices is part of performance art. And yes, it can be very taxing and exhausting, but at the same time, I think one can find it very liberating in a way, which is my case. Um, at least that's that's how I justify this pain that I that I bring upon myself. I guess right. So. <laughs> Are you involved in any filmmaking of your performances or any other performances similar to that? Um, if I'm involved in filmmaking of it, mm-hmm. well, um, yes. What I mean is, um, are you? doing any type of film documentaries on it or are you are you considering um making that you know like a an educational film uh for others well i wouldn't call it educational i would more mostly call it um documenta- documenting you know the performance um which also raises a lot of questions about the whole nature of performance art uh for many uh, performance art is is only defined within the parameters of that moment that's being done and that very particular time and space in which it's being uh, articulated. Um, and uh, we know that um, if it wasn't for, for photography or videography later on, we would not have had um, uh, um, the, 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 this privilege of seeing these amazing art forms that were practiced by other people, including even Marina's artwork. So, um, but it does raise a lot of questions, and I think in that sense, not that it's going to be a um, an educational um, um, video, but definitely 
um, other than just documenting it, I'm also making with all the footage that we have. We are trying to make um, a, a, a a more um, uh, I would say uh, a more thoughtful uh, video about the nature of art um, and 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 conceptual. Uh, 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 art that's very much in the present and, and, and that's performance art and how do we define that and and uh that's part of it yeah of what we're doing so it's 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 coming soon but for sure for what for those who are interested because i know it, it may sound over the phone very abstract but it's actually uh for those who want to see it you can see it on the website and you have you know videos of each different four acts which was quite difficult to take because we, we were not allowed to film it or videotape it so uh, or take pictures but we had like a team of 15 people you know hidden all over in different uh, <laughs> places and, and they were kicked out by, by you know the security guards so we had somebody who had to take their place and, and, and <laughs> so it, it was a whole saga that happened that day so <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> everybody trying to pull out their uh, camera phone and, and try to get a little snippet <laughs> and then you, if you have it set up, you know, where you just start off with four people and then they don't know you have about eight more left, and then they just throw them out and think, that's it, we're not going to get a whole lot of this. And you could probably get a, a bunch of little snippets and put it together to make one little movie. <laughs> well, absolutely. And uh, But I think that was part of the beauty of it, too. It became ultimately a, such an organic and um, synchronization and... Um, but also being very much, uh, you know, on the on the moment, in the moment, you know, the artists had to be very present in those moments because, you know, they had to make very quick decisions, and uh, in the middle of the decisions, um, you know, we had to choose, we had to go from, uh, you know, plan A to plan D already because, you know, already we had lost some stuff, and you know, this whole thing, as I said, was supposed to be seven acts and turned out to be only four, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ever involve your audience in any of your work? I've well, seen I people th do it before. <laughs> well, I think audience is an, um, inevitably uh, an important, a, 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 a crucial part of uh, um, any art form, uh, let alone this uh, interactive art. Uh, I think um, what was really interesting in this part was that uh, um, Marina sits down as the artist and and what um, if you look at the way she describes it so it becomes like a sculptural art form uh, in which she becomes part of this um, um, uh, collaboration of, of her and the person who sits across from her and, and it becomes a collaborative effort definitely so um, in that sense I think um, uh, w what I did with her um, she she was in a way the the artist but also the audience at the same time so were the people all around who who were part of it i think even the security guards who who had to step into the 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 um parameters of that square white um you know taped uh um platform um who was not allowed to get into that but but you know the security guard had to get into to because they were all you know very um very scared of what's happening or, you know, when, when I was, you know, putting my hands in my pockets for Act 2 to bring out, you know, the um, the uh, fingerprinting pad and uh, and do what I needed to do, that created a whole saga, you know, like I'm a blackhead, 
you know, guy, here you go, you know, I'm in, in a white institution and I put my hands in my pocket, my God, you know, what can I possibly do other than harm, right? That's Right, that, that can pretty much happen anywhere. <laughs> you could be in the library and they would say, oh, my God, he's got a gun. <laughs> exactly, here you go. So I, I get, and, and if I have chanted in Arabic beforehand, so definitely that, that oh, yeah. doesn't, uh, that, that rings a lot of bells, I guess, so. So well, yes, you know, in that case, even the, the the security guards were part of the audience, and they 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 shaped my my performance. So not only they were part of it, they even shaped it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I can understand. Um, well, some people just don't understand a lot of differences in, in different cultural aspects of artwork and and other things, and and then. When they see something that looks unfamiliar, they automatically are armed emotionally. So I probably um, – I don't think I would feel that way if I was there watching you perform or anything like that because I, I, I kind of uh, educate myself on a lot of different types of art. And uh, I know some people just pop in the door, oh, let me see what's going on here. And then they, <laughs> then they see something, what the – and then, you know, they just don't know, and then they would just feel that way. So, you know, sometimes it's just – you just have to continue on with what, what you're doing, and hopefully that person will understand it, or somebody will explain it to him or her, and and then you know it'll it'll go on from there. And then they, when they see it again, advertise or something like that, then they'll have a better understanding. <laughs> now I know that other um, things that you've done um, were mainly to bring up issues that are going on in the world. Can you can you kind of share the issues that you've covered in your artwork? Well, I think um, the Act Two, which I called um, uh, "Behind the Canvas," uh, w- was one of personal um, experience um, that I felt um, by being in that space. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very uh, clean, minimalist, modernist space, um, which very much represents uh, the way Marina has done a lot of things as well. Uh, very typical of her. But it was led with, um, lit with um, four huge projectors from each end. And, and, you know, she was sitting in this very authoritative kind of um, uh, posture and dress that she was having. And, and you know, and, and the, you know, there were guards and you had to go one by one and so on. And there was a line. So for me, it, it kind of um, it reminded me a lot of, of, of crossing borders and, and, you know, having traveled a lot. I, I you know, and, and having a name like Amir as, as my first name, you can only imagine, or having, you know, being born in, in Tehran in a way, you can only imagine how, how much difficulties I, I could possibly have um, mm-hmm. crossing borders. And, and for me, it, it kind of created that reminiscence of, of um, that, that um, that space in a way, and, uh, and and so I got in, and uh, that was the whole idea of uh, you know I got in with four canvases on my face. I couldn't see her because I was behind the canvas, which was a great experience as well because you know uh, you go there um, thinking that you have the vision, but here I was blocking my vision. She, she could see what it was. The first canvas said in and out. For me, what was important is uh, was the borders, uh, the 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 lines of. Um, that need to be transgressed or not, that are allowed to be transgressed or not, uh, the lines between borders, the lines between um, nations, the lines between what is art and what is not. Um, and in this sense, um, you know, uh, the, the table also was a line here, you know. It, the table was one that connected me with her, 
as an artist or as a participant who is collaborating on her art form, but also was one that separated me and separated everybody else who sits there. Um, you know, one important point is that uh, she gets to have the, uh, rightfully so, but, but these are points that I'm trying to make uh, in terms of understanding the nature of performance and the question of privilege and authority that I'm trying to challenge here. She gets to be, seated, uh, uh, to be sitting there before the audience comes in. And the audience, at the end of eight hours, the audience is, is kicked out in a way, and then she leaves. So the audience never sees her in her moment of leaving the space or coming to the space. So it, it becomes, she has this privilege, this power to create and command the space in a way. So if that's the case, then what about the other person who is also uh, collaborating to this art form? Uh, what about this other person who comes in? Definitely, th that other person doesn't have the same kind of uh, privileges because, you know, you have to stand in line, you, you cannot perform perfectly, you cannot use things you want to do. So it, a lot of these questions of authority and authorship are, were raised in my, in my idea. And uh, ultimately, you know, the, the, when I was flipping these um, little canvases I had on my head, I, I tried to play with previous things she has done. So the second canvas read... I'm a, new, I'm a nurse from New Zealand. And now that, that, that's the one that cracks her up, um, cracked her mm -hmm. up because, um, you know, this is um, uh, from, from interviews she has done, this is the um, kind of alias she uses uh, when she wants to go um, incognito and when she's traveling and she doesn't want to talk to the so-called business people who are sitting across from with her and she doesn't want to, you know, be bothered by them. So they ask her, so where are you from? So she says, oh, I'm a nurse from New Zealand. So right there, class issues kick in and, you know, they're not interested in a little nurse. So, you know, here I am. She doesn't know who I am because I had changed. It was the second act. I had changed my dress. I had a canvas on my face. So I tell her in and out as my first canvas and then second canvas, it's I'm a nurse from New Zealand. So that's when she recognizes her own voice in to it. So that, again, blurred the boundaries between her and I, between author and author, between artist and artist, or the other artist. And um, it followed with another one that said, uh, uh, a non-resident alien. And that one, too, in a way, um, you know, referred to uh, the status, the legal status that's given to many people who live in various lands and uh, in an era of globalization with, with migration and immigration and emigration that happens. So um, there's a lot of these concepts. And at the very end, when I fingerprinted my, my hands and I brought them up, I think that's where she, she, she had tears in her eyes as well because I guess for, for many people, including myself, you know, um, crossing borders is, is a very uh, dreadful, very, very uh, emotionally taxing moment of my life every time that happens so i'm talking too much stop me when you need to <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm i'm very intrigued by that and um it's funny because i was going to ask you to explain for our audience the the visual that they have of the pictures that i listed on um the promotional um page for this show mm -hmm. and uh, I know they had questions but you did answer that so I'm, I'm glad <laughs> right. now speaking of um, crossing borders um, it, it must be somewhat of a, an experience to go from Tehran to Montreal to New York um, have you had a lot of challenges with that you know and dealing with people and the way they react to you or 
you know, or or anything that you've had access to or your your entire lifestyle, the way it's probably changed a lot from when you were a child to now, you know, being an adult? Well, definitely. I think um, for many uh, children of, of diaspora, um, the process of immigration is, is one that changes one's life uh, for the better or for the worse. Um, and uh, in my case, I was no expect- exception to that. Um, I came from a middle-class um, middle family um, who, whose um, financial capabilities were drastically changed um, as a um, process of immigration. And, uh, and definitely that had a huge impact on me uh, as, as we came in. question of language and linguistic uh, capabilities also were quite important. You know, how, how do you fit in uh, with a certain accent you might have? And, and you, know, I, you know, back in Iran, I think, I, I left when I was 12, a long time ago. But, you know, when I came, then English was my third language. Then I was, you know, thrown into French school because, you know, the province I was in was a Francophone uh, province. So, you know, here it is, you know, a fourth language thrown at you and you have to thrive and you have to survive in a way. Um, with all its privileges that comes with it, you know, now I can consider myself, you know, multilingual, but also the process of it was, was definitely, um, well, you know, somehow painful as well. So that's all part of it, I guess. I I think it is because no matter where you are, even if I myself were to all of a sudden decide I want to be a resident of New Zealand and just trying to understand how those cultures are on a daily daily, uh, daily basis as opposed to what we do here. I know a lot of people that travel abroad try to so much take whatever they already know into that atmosphere, and a lot of times they get in trouble, <laughs> especially younger people. And then uh, they don't try to research the culture or the um, laws or the, the understandings of, of that place before they go because it's important to know how different people are and how different they live. Um, now, do you still have family in Iran? Uh, I do. But, uh, I have my, still have my grandfather, who, is, um, who has been actually a great influence, even though I haven't seen him for, for a long time. I think he, for his you know, poetry and his books that he has been writing, and he's over, I think, you know, God give him you know, a long-lasting life. He's, I think, over uh, 86, 87 years old, and he's publishing another book at this point. So um, he, he has been a great source of inspiration for me for, for, for his dedication to the art um, and, uh, and literature in that sense. And uh, and he also is a um, he's also a singer like a, a classic singer of, of wow um, you know back in the days he was so uh, you know the 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 the, the mantras and the, the 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 beauty the the musicality of the words and the poems uh, has always been you know in the back of my ears in a way so had you ever thought of um, you know. Uh, promoting any of his published his published work, um, just to share that you know with people in in the United States. Um, I, I think that that would be definitely a great um, idea. But you also have to realize that politics of language are are uh, very uh, strong in 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 the uh, global um, economy in which we live. I think um, with the um, even though globalization had 
has reached, you know, um, has com- has allowed different uh, various communities to connect with each other. But at the same time, um, it has been done in a way that um, that r- references um, the very power dynamic that exists among different economies and different um, politics uh, in the world. So, um, you know, the, and and with that power dynamic comes interest, comes marketability. So. Um, if you do not publish in in English, um, you know, then then you know much of what you have to say is is a little bit lost, you know, and okay. uh, and that's part of it. And and uh, and I think these are these are very relative, uh, very important questions to be asked. Uh, where do we stand in terms of art um, when um, you know most of the marketability of it? Uh, has to be defined within the boundaries of the first world, so-called first world, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the English-speaking uh, countries, let's say. And uh, what do we do with the rest of it? And um, and how we, how do we, you know, make sense of it? How do we understand it? How do we translate it? Even question of translation is, is a long, uh, could bring a long, long debate into it. Mm, I understand that because a, a lot of translations would probably be um, confusing if someone assumed that's what something meant and then they put it in their own words and that's not really what it meant and then it would turn into you know some sort of hoopla if it went in the wrong direction. Yeah. So I can understand what you're saying. And um, and it, I'm just finding it amazing that he's still writing and he's doing all that at 86. That's great. I know. That's great. I can only... Um you know, I can only hope that uh, that, uh, that many artists um, like him have this ability to to the physical ability and also mental ability to capability to 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 continue developing ideas and and producing. That's that's quite important, I guess. I I believe so. Um, I know several oxygenarians who are doing things like playing golf or uh, acting or doing extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe it. Bungee jumping. I can't believe it. You know, um, I just think that it's, if you if you keep cultivating your mind that, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can just continue to, to grow and continue to, you know, reach a lot of different boundaries and live longer, too, and healthier if you don't just sit there waiting to go grow old, <laughs> you that, know, definitely. waiting for death. <laughs> I, I, th- I think this is, it can be, you know, a vicious cycle if you take it in a negative way. And as you said, you know, if, if you do... Um, and embark on that and, and use the make positive energy into it, then, yeah, it, it definitely helps you live um, longer. But um, I, I guess that's a, that's another type of discussion we could have. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, you're, are you still continually performing now in New York? I mean, do you have an ongoing um, show now? Um, no, unfortunately I don't, but there's... There's this major performance that I'm conceptualizing right now that uh, that should be coming soon within the next month, and I'm very very excited. Uh, it will utilize um, new media and technologies, and and once again, as I said, I will I'll be trying to create some controversies about the boundaries of well, what constitutes art and not. So, and definitely my body would would be an, an inherent and in, 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 in a major part of that that very process as well. So. So I, I'm very excited to say that yeah, I'm 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 working on the next project right now. 
Well, that's good. Now, as far as your painting, is, it, this, is, is this work that we can see anywhere, you know, just to see your great skills? Uh, well, I, my last um, collection um, was uh, almost sold out, but I do have representation in Atlanta um, in a gallery um, um, in Atlanta. If you Google, you know, Atlanta and, and my name, you will definitely find it. I think at this point that's the only place that has some pieces of, of what I have done, so... Okay. Well, we look forward to, you know, getting more information on that. You know, maybe you could just drop us, um, a, give us a call or drop us an email to let us know about your future activities so we can help you in promoting that um, and reach out to the people in our area. I know Philadelphia is a really big um, fan of all types of art, and we have a lot of things going on and our art museums and some of our college museums, like the University of Pennsylvania Art Museum, um, they have a lot of things going on all the time. It's somewhat different than your average painting or, you know, sculpture. Um, perhaps, you know, you could discuss bringing what you do to Philadelphia uh, and, and, you know, checking that audience out. We are very eclectic when it comes to art. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm all about um, being eclectic, so for sure that's that's a big, big interest for me. So, so looking forward to seeing you maybe in person very soon, I guess. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Now, um, if you could share your email address for anyone who wants to contact you about your future uh, ventures or your uh, website so our audience can have that, because we have about two minutes left in the show, yes. so I want to make sure you get that information out oh, to that's, us. Absolutely. Let's go with the website that has all the information and the contact as well. It's um, Amir, A-M as in mother, I-R as in Robert, my first name, and lastname.com. So amirbarotharon.com. I don't know if okay. people get it, but I guess we can put it on the website as well. That's going to be easier. That's the other challenge of having a name that is not necessarily very familiar to the to the audience's ear. And uh and that also falls within the the question of boundaries and um, and uh, and likability, perhaps, right? <laughs> I I understand that because my name is Ravenda, and my name is Italian, but if you add an A and an H on it, it's a Middle Eastern name. So I get mistaken <laughs> for a Middle Eastern person a lot, and sometimes they don't pronounce it as Ravenda; they say Ravenda. <laughs> and you think I left the eight, the eight, the eight off on purpose. So, <laughs> and it's, it's you know it's just crazy. I understand how that can be. And then my last name is Nigerian, um, and that gets mistaken for Dallas instead of Dala because you know. But then I was born here in the United States. My ex-husband is Nigerian. My mother found a person in school that had this name. That is it. You know, she just liked So that's just how it works. <laughs> so a name, it doesn't depict a person. Just look at a person for who they are. So that's what I have to say. So I want to thank you so much for um, being on the show and giving us such a wonderful um, explanation on performance art for those who didn't know and to describing what it is that, you know, you so value. And they're going to cut us off in a second, but I just want to invite you back again at a later time to, you know, once again share this wonderful thing with us. I wanted to thank you and thank uh, your audience as well for listening to this and uh, definitely look forward to uh, keeping the dialogue going. So. 
Well, I will be in touch with you shortly. So um, I'm going to say goodbye and have a wonderful evening, and hopefully I can get to New York and meet you for lunch or something. Look forward to that, definitely. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye-bye.